Hello, everyone, and welcome to another. We're going back to back today, John, like this week, John. Another episode of Lunar Crush Live. Uh, we've got the team from Polka Cipher here. We're super excited, as we're always super excited to have uh, Tim and Akhil here, uh, CEO and Director of Ops. So welcome, you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Of course. Of course. And before I get started, uh, always our disclaimer on Lunar Crush Live. You know, we do not take payment for our live streams. We bring on fun people, exciting projects, people that are building in the space and trying to showcase what they're working on and their backgrounds. Uh, make sure you guys get in there and ask any questions for the team. Um, if we get a really good question, maybe we will throw another T-shirt or hoodie out there for everyone if we like it. Um, and also slam that subscribe button as always. Um, so guys, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here. We always like to start Thanks. out. Um, where are you in the world? What's it like there? Maybe Tim, we could start with you. <laughs> Currently in Spain. And um, as you can see, it's quite nice here. Um, and yeah, that's it right now. <laughs> Just being able to travel around for the first time in two years is great. But um, this is my home now, Spain. And uh, yeah, crack on from here. Beautiful, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Akil, where are you at in the world and what's it like there, my man? First, you got to oh, unmute. <laughs> yeah. uh, right now, I'm traveling as well. I'm in Goa, uh, India. Uh, and it's it's rainy right here. And yeah, I'm just sitting in a co-working space. I just did a GTA from my hotel to this co-working space for this call. <laughs> nice, man. And it's a li little bit later there, I know. So appreciate uh, appreciate it. Um, I love so, it. And here we are yeah. in California. I love yeah. it. Yeah. This is great. Nice. It's always, it's, it's always pretty lucky for us. We get to kind of set the time. And so it's usually <laughs> mid-morning with some coffees for us. But appreciate you guys yeah. um, being halfway across the world or completely across the world. Um, so I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit about um, your guys' background, how you got into the space, what, what made you excited about cryptocurrency. Um, just tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, and then we can start hopping into the project a little bit. Okay. Do you want me to go first, Akil? <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah well, years and years now, you know, since Bitcoin has been around really, 2015, 2016, um, with doing things like shipping stuff from China, drop shipping, et cetera, but, you know, electric skateboard companies and things and trying to find ways to make payments to them safer and quicker and cheaper. And that's where Bitcoin came around. So stayed around with that and floated with it. And then sort of 2017 entered into the business side, trying to launch a peer-to-peer e-commerce marketplace um we built it got it out there but unfortunately I, I don't think at the time people are ready including now to buy physical goods with crypto you know it was all used for you know investment making money and returns and things and since then worked with uh multiple projects and um duck and dive in out in and out of some um recently worked with a, a play to earn gaming company helped them do uh, three back-to-back -back number ones on rareable and then we realized it was the time for the tech that we've been discussing for the last two or three years to release it. And then we went ahead and got Polka Cypher and started it, you know, get the ball rolling with it, you know? So here's where we are now. Very cool. So you, you said it was electric skateboards that you were working, you, you were selling yeah, at one yeah. point? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, hoverboards, electric skateboards. I think the boom was in 2016 and then the lithium ion batteries and stuff started causing problems with airlines and storage and things so they banned them interesting but, um, yeah another product so trying to get payments to china it was you know alibaba before alipay and stuff it was all western union and sometimes you can get scammed and things or he was looking at ways to make payments and um you know hold them in escrow and stuff until the items arrive and things so, and, and how so many we, years ago was that uh, 2016 how long have we been working together keel it's been about five years now five years onwards roughly yep Five years, 2017 start, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's just crazy to think that like payments even, you know, I mean, we've been in the space for a while and like Bitcoin has been around, but it wasn't like readily used like for e-commerce. And it's just crazy yeah. to think that, I mean, it's, there's still places where there's people sending, you know, Western Union and it's like, it's just so seamless in our minds, but it's like, it's just, it's still not out there. Well, for example, Western Union, I believe, have just stopped um, transactions coming from Afghanistan because the situation over there. So that does open up, you know, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, whichever is available in that area, to be used as a means of payment and, and barter and commerce and stuff, you know. But we all know what Bitcoin was used for 
mainly at the beginning. Um, we don't go into that, but yeah, it was sort of e-commerce to buy goods and stuff. So we sort of went with that, with our product, built one of the first apps um, where people had escrow functionality in everything. But again, this was what, 2017? We had NFTs and stuff put out in 2018. Um, the peps, pepes and things like that. It didn't really take off, but it, within the last year, you know, NFTs is sort of boom, doesn't it? So it's a uh, it's what power in the ecosystem right now. DeFi so Tim, as a as a follow up question to something you said, you said even today there's you know I guess little crypto payments out there. It's just what what do you think causes the tipping point for crypto to actually be used as a form of payment? Right. Yeah, regulation and restrictions and things like that, and the fee and you know. I know a lot of people, I'm from Wales, a small village in Wales in, in the UK, and not a lot of people know about cryptocurrency. They just hear Bitcoin, but there are, you know, there are thousands of cryptocurrencies out there. You know, you know, we say XRP, but it is a fast method of you know, payment and things like that. But there's a lot of restrictions, I think, the, the regulation and the fear, and obviously the, the price fluctuations with Bitcoin and stuff scares people off from using it as a, as a means of payment. But, um, and then obviously your banks, your crypto-friendly banks, lucky for us, here in Spain, we've got BBVA and they work with crypto. You know, they've got, I think, their own blockchain development program and everything going. So it's handy, but you know, it, it's up and down. So, yeah. Good point. Yeah. And so, Akil, I lo I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how you got into crypto and what makes you excited about the industry. Sure. Uh, I started around 2017. Uh, and uh, one of my friends introduced me saying that, hey, look at this, this is something new going on. You can mine it with your laptop. And back in the day, uh, there were some sites where you can connect your laptop, run on a GPU and mine the cryptocurrencies. So uh, I started doing that. And after that, in mid-2017, a little early on 2017, I met him. He was working on his company at that time. So I like we we went along very good, and since then we have been working on multiple projects here and there. Uh, I've been helping uh, multiple projects in marketing, but then Tim said that let's start a company on our own. I have this idea, and then we collaborated. It, it, it came out beautifully, and then we are here right now. Awesome, yeah. We're very far from the days of of being able to mine on your own <laughs> on your own. Yes. <laughs> I think two, I think 2017, um, Electronium came out. Electronium? And I was running Electronium and mining it. Yeah, uh, I, I think it was 2018. And I think I, I have a lot of Electronium somewhere. <laughs> um, so I'll have to dig that out on one of the old laptops, you know? But yeah, back in the day, man, nice. back in the day. Love it. So tell us, like... Tell us about PokeCypher. I mean, you know, we like to, like, what's the elevator pitch from the top, but also kind of, you know, wh why did you guys start it and um, where did it all begin? Okay. So it was more around the, the privacy uh, obstacles. And I worked with a company called Signar Signature Chain on Waves, Waves Blockchain. And it's something similar to what they've done. But everyone was trying to do payments, remittances, and privacy and everything with tokens, but you couldn't really have the data and everything within that. But with the NFT market and everything starting to be NFTs booming, like he came up with the idea, look, okay, we can do a crossing oracle focused towards the NFT privacy for businesses um, and adding things like community governance, multi-chain interoperability, compatibility with other chains and on-chain, you know, DeFi apps and things, you know. So that's when PolkaCypher came about um, and we pushed it towards uh, Polkadot. However, Polkadot isn't currently ready. Um, you know, they get the test nets and everything, but... We use BSC for the time being. While ETH is great, BSC still has the same functionality and it's more cost effective right now. You know, there's Polygon, et cetera, out there. But um, yeah, we've come up with the ability to private, make NFTs and documents and insurance policies, et cetera, private within the, you know, the total standard of NFTs, et cetera. Um, but Akil again, he's the brainchild behind it all. Him and his, you know, the developer. Sorry. So um, if he wants to go into it a bit more and in depth, the technical side, he's more than welcome to do so. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so when we started, uh, you started a, like you asked a question in the start that uh, what uh, like why do you think people are not using cryptocurrency as payment, right? So what I think is because of the big companies. 
or not doing mass adoptions at this point of time uh, into cryptocurrency. Even though some companies do uh, like use the uh, blockchain technology, it's very remote and internal, and they are they are still trying to implement this technology in the company. And one of the main reasons they don't use uh, blockchain is that data security, data privacy. All the companies cannot share their data uh, directly to consumers or on chain just so they can use adopt they can adopt the technology. So what we are trying to do is, let's say you and me are trying to have an agreement. So instead of doing it on paper, we we'll do it on NFT. But the content of that NFT will be hidden to normal users. Uh, but the transaction itself will be available for everyone to see. Uh, there are other use cases as well, such as uh, you can do access passes, or uh, you can do uh, hierarchy level passes, payments, uh, ownership transfers, and like a lot of other things. So you can, if we can keep the data private, uh, I think we can make sure that we, a lot of companies are out there who want to use this, and like we can move toward mass mass adoption. You've got me thinking. Give give us some use cases here. Like, is this more focused on the enterprise side of, of things, or is this uh, for the for like a other uses? Excuse me. Uh, primarily, it's uh, enterprise solution because uh, we want businesses to use their day to day paperwork, or digital documents, uh, transfers, and uh, handling through NFTs, so they can keep that data on chain while keeping the actual data inside those NFTs hidden from general users. Um, uh, other use cases would be ownership transfers. Let's say you own a property and it's uh, like you transferred all the details on the uh, NFTs for all the prop about the property on the NFTs. So you, let's say you want to sell it to someone. So you put it in escrow, someone make the payment, they get the NFT. Now they are the owner of the house. So. Uh, like people can see the transaction, it happened at this cost at this time uh, on this chain, but they cannot see the details until unless the owner wants to make that data available for everyone. Uh, other use cases can be, um, uh, let's say you have a phone and there's IMEI number uh, and you want to put that IMEI number uh, on chain so you can put it on NFTs. Uh, and every time someone purchases a new phone, they can go on chain, check the data, and it will still be there. So now you have kind of solved some part of fake phones and fake products problems through, like people can verify if this is genuine or not. So like this hat could come with an NFT is what you're saying, and I can verify it through that NFT. Yeah, but you can like they they could do a code somewhere on the hat. You can go online, check it uh, uh, if this is genuine or not, and plus uh, all the data will be there since it's non fungible. That's one to one. Uh, it cannot be created like there cannot be multiple copies of same NFTs, and you you also can see who is the creator of that NFT. So now you can see okay, this hat has that data. It's genuine. Uh, you can you can verify so now you're not buying any fake products or something like that. It's cool. It's not. It's I don't, you know going into the technology. It's something I think that needs to be built to be used in the future. You know sometimes not everything that it's future tech. Do you know what I mean so? You know it might not be used now, but say in three years time, one year time, three years time. Sorry, um, it may be used like a physical asset against them, the NFT and things like that with the document inside the proof ownership, Rolex watch. A patent, for example, like IP, we and IBM uh, partnered up the other day to put it on the permission blockchain. But what we're doing is permissionless blockchains. Everything's public. You know, you don't have to be associated within your closed network and everything is public so people can see it. But the data that you need to be hidden will be in that, you know, that privacy function. And the only people that be able to ever see that are people within the actual transaction or the circle themselves. So like how lightning works, etc. Um, but, the, you know, with the privacy side, you know, there are people building privacy blockchain, secret, etc. But again, they're building a completely new blockchain and ecosystem and token system, etc. But it's not within the ecosystem of Ethereum, BSC, where the millions of users are already at the public side. You know, so, you know, for ease of access, you build it this way to start off. 
And then if it needs to be its own chain, eventually, then you you push it off to its own chain. Do you mean? So like, you know, that's where we're at right now. But we're in the development stages of more of the enterprise solutions and the suites, etc. Um, but at this moment in time, to keep our community and our ecosystem growing, we are focusing on the retail side with um, an NFT cross-chain bridge, which makes play-to-earn games and then NFTs and in-game assets cross-compatible with other games. So if you have a game on Polygon and there's a game on Ethereum and they want to co- you know, collaborate or partner, you'll be able to use those NFTs from the Polygon within that Ethereum game by using the bridge to be able to cross it over together. But they'll actually be in-game assets. So you know, the word they're throwing about right now is uh, metaverse. Yeah, um, it's a bit right. deeper than what people are actually using right now. But when that term terminology metaverse comes in, I see what people are tending to mean in that way right now is just cross compatibility. You know, and you know, there's so many blockchains out there. Unless they are you know connected in some way, then they're not going to. You know, it's just going to be so many different things going off. And what's going to be the cool shell? But if we can connect them and keep the bridges open. It's like having Fortnite, which is able to be played on Xbox, PlayStation, PC, your Switch, etc. So that's the way we're headed with the products that we're sort of launching, you know. Um, so, but so on that on that note, I mean, I, I guess it's more of a question around your product ecosystem. So, what yeah. does the if if I'm an enterprise and I want to take this hat and I have an NFT associated with it, I guess what is my my is there software that I'm using to mint that, and then on the user side, where what are they using to access that to verify? Right. So yeah. each each client, each enterprise client will have a custom integrations, a custom dashboard for themselves, where they can they can input data directly from their supply chain data, or probably enter it manually if there's a small company, and they'll there'll be also a registry for users. So if there's some data on your hat and you want to check it online, so you can capture that information, go to that registry, enter that information, and you'll see all the details about that. So since it's an enterprise solution and its uh, use case are very broad, so right now as we are building it, uh, we are trying to make sure that every client that we are working with right now should have a custom solution. Okay, cool. I had a question a little bit further down, but I kind of want to, since we're talking about interoperability a little bit, it's like, and you're talking about taking an NFT from one chain and being able to instantly use it on another chain. It's like, where do you guys think the future lies with interoperability? It's like, you know, there's all these bridges being built, right? And it's like, it's just like, it seems like another trade, you know? And it's like, depending on how much you have to send over that, that bridge, it could be three minutes, it could be eight minutes. And it's like, you kind of feel like you're like, oh, like it's like a heart attack every time you do it because you're like, you know, I know I'm sending it out there, but it's like you're mm-hmm. still in like this. We're still in this like test deposit phase where it's like when yeah. you send change like, you know, across Ethereum right now or a polka dot, it's like you're not sending test anything anymore because you're like, OK, it's it's definitive that this is going to get there. If it doesn't get there, it means like the blockchain is literally down, which, you know, then this they might as well not even own this. But yeah. like, where do you think the world is, is like is every single project going to need to like wrap a token on a different layer one, or is it, are we going to get to a point where things are just seamless? <laughs> I, I, to be honest, <laughs> there's so many different chains in it. Like I was going on about right. Avalanche, Avalanche, et cetera, and what they're building and Cosmos yep. and Polkadot and, you know, everything's in a beta mode right now. Everything's, we're still in test mode. You know, we're trying to get to that, moment where it's like okay this works and everybody can use it and you know etc but this it's again managed by how much money i'm going to earn on this blockchain how much this token is going to cost how much this token is going to bring me how much this nft is going to bring me being on ethereum rather than being on polygon um as a company am i going to earn are we going to earn money from the fees better off polygon transactions or is it going to be off ethereum transactions if it's on ethereum we'll keep as ethereum which then throws out the compatibility and everything. Do you mean it? Just you know, <laughs> I, I don't have the answer to that. But that's all we can. That's all we can do for the time being is, you know, play with the cards that we've been dealt. You know, and try and build those options and opportunities with the bridges, etc. Moving forward, and then hopefully in time something will work and something will stick. You know, what about you guys? What do you think? 
Yeah, no, Akil or John, you got a comment on it? I I do. I mean, I I think it's interesting. You know, I've worked with, you know, digital agencies half of my life, I think, at this point, building, built hundreds of websites and applications and all these different things. And it's funny, like, you never start with, you know, um, locking yourself into a technology before you've solved the customer's need. You build, you you solve a problem, you build a, a, a solution for a customer. And along the way, you're picking technologies that that fulfill that. I think what's funny about crypto is it starts backwards. It says, use this blockchain. Now go find, build something on it. Now go find users. And it's like, like 90% of the projects we talk to, I'm throwing that number out there, but like, do it, do exactly that. And when you look at the actual transactions on some of these projects, they are not there. So they built something really neat and there's no customers. So I think... Uh, I think as long as you're solving problems and focused on customer need, um, the rest kind of doesn't matter. Because if you look at most of these leading chains, they all say they're fast. They all say they have low transactions. Um, They all say, look what we can do better than Ethereum. Um, At the same time, what are they solving? And I think that's that's where a lot of crypto has gone wrong. That's that's my perspective. But I think that will change. That's going to change over time. Yeah. And the, the terminology, you know, the, the saying, if we build it, they will come. It's not in crypto. It doesn't work. I built a product, a mm-hmm. really good product, a DAP and everything, and I built it and they didn't come. So people didn't use it. But um, I think what we're trying to do while the community is saying to us, look, launch this. Is it going to be ready Q2, Q3, Q4? It'll be ready when it's ready. And we feel that the use case of the product and the solution is providing to the problem is you know is is ready you know I mean? so you know, at the end of the day when it comes to blockchain because of the money that's being used and the, the security and everything when you develop something you have to run the security if the security may have an issue you've got to come back to development and keep on doing so and doing so until you've got it right and then continue to develop and continue, continue to build so it's not something that can be done overnight but a lot of people expect it to be done overnight it's just a process we've yeah. got to go through step by step and i hope my community um, sees that we are building things that are for the current NFT industry, use cases, tools that are not currently existing that will be there. Unlike I'm going back to products that have built non-scalable options, they're on BSC or they're on Ethereum, and then you know they're looking how can they scale? Well, the crossing bridge of NFTs, etc., from Polkadot Cipher will allow them to open up that ecosystem to move from Ethereum to BSC to Polygon and any other EVM chain we add in and any other compatible chains through their bridges, et cetera, that we can add in. It's just, again, a matter of time. We've got BSC, Ethereum, Polygon, and a few others we haven't announced yet being added to the bridge. So, you know, we've got to see how it goes. Um, I would like to add that uh, this bridge is just one of the few. Before we start building out real products for our clients and uh, the NFT marketplace, because uh, we feel that there, while there are a lot of NFT marketplaces out there, they lack certain tools which should be there at like the very start for all the users to use, like different payment options, different chains, uh, all the chains basically in one place, all the NFTs, uh, tools, and the, the, the metrics behind metadata, the price history, and certain things that we think that should be there. We are building it out one by one. Uh, Bridge is one of them. And when this is done, then we'll move forward for NFTs marketplace, a cross-chain NFT marketplace and enterprise solution for our clients. Well, it'd be, it'd, be it'd be a multi-chain marketplace because we can't just build a marketplace like OpenSea, which allows for Ethereum and Polygon. And then all the royalties within those NFTs are kept on a central server's metadata rather than you able to take that NFT away from OpenSea, so you are limiting, you know, nothing against that. It's a fantastic way the, the NFTs grow, but they're limiting the expansion of the NFT space and the blockchain space within this technology because they're keeping the royalties of the owners on their platform. So people don't leave their platform. So yes, they're going to have a couple of hundred million in transactions a week because nobody's leaving their platform. Do you mean so? You know, we've got to allow it. With what you know, I don't know if you said yet, but we're building the standard which allow for royalties etc to be pulled on any any marketplace i mean so it doesn't limit people to open sea or wearable yeah but um yeah the tools the tools are essential and we're just trying to build that toolbox 
like you know, like the Swiss Army knife, which will allow people to um, move the NFTs back and forth. If it works, fantastic. If it doesn't, we look at options which do work, are required and needed. But we do think that the compatibility issue and the interoperability issue with between chains is one of the biggest problems, and the solution we're building is for, you know, for that to be to be solved. You know, so. But do yeah, you, and- are you guys are you guys into your NFTs or? You know, oh yeah. Bought any? Oh yeah, for sure. Recently. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not like Gary V level buying like six million dollar, you know, NFTs yet. But you know, I I dabble a little bit and starting to mint some. And I'm actually, um, you know, my wife does some pretty cool designs and stuff. And so she's actually looking at some different ways to start minting some stuff. But again, it's the same type of thing. It's like, where do you mint it? Why do you mint it there? Right? Is this a more artistic yep. marketplace? Is this you know, a, a transactional marketplace. What is this? Um, yeah. So it's it's good to see, you know, like reading your guys' site, like BNFT. And it's like right now it's this like fun advertising thing. And like even like Visa and all these people are getting into it. But it's like, yeah. where's the utility in that? Right now it's just an attention play, which is fine. And it's great. And it's training millions of people about cryptocurrency that otherwise probably are like, I'm not like, what Bitcoin, what? But they're like, oh, I like like this NBA player and I'll buy this packet you know, of yeah. cards. And so it's like, it's training a new type of person, but I think it's like the utility behind, like you, you were talking about real estate and transactions. It's like, I'm just thinking about the number of like legal documents that get put in front of me that I need to sign. And it's like, you sign it, they sign it, they have it somewhere, you have it somewhere. It's like, then you're saving it to like, are you saving it to like a shared drive? Are you saving, where are you saving it? Who has access to it? Do you need to make iterations on it? Now I have an old version that has an iteration that the new version says is now nulled. It's like, well, which, when was this actually signed and did they print it out and did they re-sign it? And so when you think about it, it's like, man, the collection of that data, if there's some sort of dispute, especially internationally is just an absolute nightmare. Right. But if we could both have this document in the same place and it doesn't need to be so drawn out, you could just make adjustments and we both have a key to unlock that. I don't want, you know, the rest of the world to be able to see that, but these two parties should be able to see that. Um, and then, you know, like being interoperable with what you guys are saying, it's like, that's perfect because it's like, wait, what if I mint my BNFT, you know, on BSC and they just like shut down, right? Or what if I, it's like, you want to kind of spread this out to, to multiple chains. And so, I mean, I'm like that use case to me, it just screams like tons of users. But that's 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 what we're trying to explain to people. You know, they're asking, oh, what are you doing this for enterprise? But we have to start with the retail side, with the funny gifts and the pictures and right. the JPEG, the JPEG rock that just got sold for one by three right. million by Justin, <laughs> etc. Yeah. But we have to we have to start there and then give these trials. You know, some NFTs they're worth millions, some are worth nothing. Do you mean so people can practice? We've even got a minting function on the bridge where they can mint their own NFT on Ethereum, Polygon, or BSC. And then they can test out with the bridge because if they do on Polygon, it costs next to nothing. Um, but as you were saying with the BNFT side, if you if you're if the company you're working with doesn't use Ethereum and they use BSC, then they'll be able to use that application maybe to sign on BSC rather than Ethereum on that document. We're not going to be creating legal documents. We're not going to be making template legal documents, but they'll be allowed to add that document in, and it'll all be allowed you know to be signed. I've seen other companies, legal companies, etc., say. Right, we're going to make these templates. You're going to be able to use them back and forth. However, there's so many legal templates for different regions, different cities, sure. different, you know, countries, etc. That'd just be a, a, a mission of a lifetime. So we're not going to do that. But we're going to allow the documents to be added, uploaded, signed, etc. Like you have a DocuSign. And then that is going to be on a public blockchain where people can see the transaction. It's all gone through and been signed. And then it's up to the initiator and the receiver, or the initiator mainly, what information is allowed to be shared publicly with people you know in the world and this again going back to what you said about visa this is the technology that visa needs to use um you know to move forward so if they want to contact us and reach out just have a play about they're more than welcome to that'll be (laughs) beneficial for us and i believe it'll be beneficial to them do you mean we might be small but we can still look to help them so yeah yeah, you know another another thought around. I think there's almost these these dual discussions going around with NFTs. There's this kind of creative side, and then there's this utility side. I don't think they're separate at all. I mean, I'm going to give you the example of like if you were working with an enterprise software company, and let's say that 
that company had 10 software products in their platform, right? And, and someone might subscribe to three of them, right? That marketing, marketing, the marketing department in that enterprise software company is not going to want the NFT to look like crap. They're going to want it to be beautiful. It's going to be designed. It's going to have access to certain documentation related to the subscription. Um, it's going to, it's going to be very, very artistic. Um, and it's going to be on brand. And so I, I don't know if this is any different. It's just that what's currently happening, the value is in the rarity today. Um, yep. and, and not necessarily that that's the most beautiful JPEG rock that you've ever seen. It's just <laughs> that it's rare and that yep. there's demand. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and I'd, I'd even argue, well, we'll go prove that that transactional history is real. Prove to me that it's not a bunch of just, we'll call it wash trading. Um, yep. And that's yeah, another yeah. fun part. Uh, there's a lot of manipulation in this NFT market. Um, and, and so, but yeah, it's missing that access. So there's a yeah. lot of interesting things I think you'll see in, in the enterprise side. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in. I wouldn't really talk about that side because it's not something I look at or you know, believe in if people are doing that. You know, we can't stop them at the end of the day. It's decentralized. You know, that's the way they want to go. But um, yeah, so going back to, you know, NFTs, if, you know, there was a, a blockchain game or something or Fortnite started doing skins as NFTs, etc. And then a, another game said, okay, we've got a game. We could reach out to the Fortnite users here and say, okay, you can use your skins in our game as NFTs. They could use cross-chain technology interoperability to allow that in-game assets to be used in their game even as rewards or discounts, et cetera. So there's a lot of things they could do with brand marketing, brand partnership. Um, you know, there's en there is endless possibilities with blockchain. It's just getting implemented at the right stages and at the right time and having users to use it in the way they should be, you know, so. And, and how will that look exactly with, like we have a little marketplace or how will they actually move that? Like, you know, if there's something on Minecraft or something, you know, how would they actually move that skin across? So if they are if they are blockchain assets or NFTs and they're on one of the chains that we support, they'll be able to use it in their wallets and their wallets then will act as a function to say that asset is there. You know, NFT, whether it's a token, NFT, etc., you'll be able then to jump onto the bridge and anything that's in your wallet that's connected through your wallet, so MetaMask, for example, it will populate as if it's an image, JPEG, PNG, etc., GIF, SVG, it will populate on the bridge. You'll be able to select that. And then once it's selected, it'll pop up on the side and then this basically we've taken offline to add updates to it before it goes live next week but able to select then which chain you're going to send it to and so far like i said we got the polygon ethereum the bse we'll be adding another one next week quite a big one and you'll be able to select which one you're sending it to and then you send it over and if it's in that wallet you'll be able to connect that nft then to the game you know if it's a decentralized game decentralized app but it, again it's up to the game whether they they add the functionality of allowing nfts and in-game assets using a blockchain wallet connected you know so without going off on one <laughs> trying to confuse myself it's not easy but it's not hard either you know right and then if like i get i get to guess you're adding solana next week you don't have to answer that question though i just get to <laughs> well, I, I didn't i didn't say that that's, that's you know that's that's a wormhole we don't want to go down so um... <laughs> no rumors no rumors <clears throat> no 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 but it, it is one with quite a large user base uh, cool. but we've got you know bsc but again evm chain compatibility we can add to it in a couple of hours run development security tests etc akil is the man when it comes to this one so if you want to go into akil you're more than welcome to buddy but um so like we're talking to a lot of play to play to earn games your know, bsc and polygon games and a lot now have created their nfts on polygon due to the fees of ethereum being high <clears throat> but they want to now move over to bsc or ethereum they can they can batch those nfts over to bsc we're talking to a few games to do that. And there are a lot of games on, you know, I'm not going to go into it yet, but there are a lot of games on BSC yeah. and some are on Polygon and they're able to then bridge theirs over and the data within those NFTs will be added to those games and those games will allow them to put their NFTs of different rarity to offer different perks, APY boosts in staking, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so so let's that. say a game that does that. Let's say a game does that and does this come into the your your cphr token does that come into play in there are they does that mean the game is integrating your token into it where does the token fit into all of this um so the tokens uh, it allows you to do have access to all the tools and the marketplace uh with tokens you can pay less a piece um but 
uh, other than that there's taking other projects can stake their nfts or tokens and get cphr as rewards but for now uh, on a bridge uh, if you want to let's say do it from ethereum to polygon and it's costing you around 10 dollars uh, probably 1% 1.5% of the entire transactions from ETH to make the transaction is let's say it's 70 dollars so uh, around 70 cents something like that so with our token you can pay less fees like if you pay it in our token then you're paying a lesser fees so probably around 20 30 percent lesser uh, and there's taking this governance that this like you can use our token to do which is coming up and probably next month uh, yeah these are the basic use cases for the tokens and then when it comes into polkadot and we build it even more There'd be more use case and usage with the cphr token as well um so yeah it's, it's gonna be we got to get that development out there first but um it's waiting for the right moment as well but the bridge you know mainly to the bridge we we put it up we took feedback off a lot of users that vip access and we are implementing that change even things like tool tips and notifications when they clicked on a button what happens next and things like that so those are things that we need to put into place to make sure that it's a simple process to use because if it's difficult, people aren't going to use it or they're going to get confused. And if they're sending over an NFT that is worth a million dollars and they don't know what they're doing, then you know who's going to have the blame? It's going to be us. So we just need to make sure that everything is precise and spot on. But um, yeah. Is is the governance so, token? Uh, uh, mentioned got another one. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I was going to ask the I was going to ask the exact same question. So go for yeah, it. Yeah, because it kills. Is, is the governance, governance token the same? Is it going to be the same token? Or are you going to have a second token? And then you know, how does you know? I think I read like you guys are going to move towards decentralization more. Like, how does that move start to look as well? Uh, it it won't be a token. It will be an NFT. Okay, so the governance so, is going to be an NFT. Yeah. So you can um, mine though, like. Some part you can mine those governance NFTs by holding some tokens and doing some actions on a platform. Uh, other than that, uh, some higher tiers uh, governance NFTs you can buy them. Or if you are uh, early investor in a project, then you'll have uh, a basic drop off level one uh, governance NFT. There'll be levels of uh, governance NFTs because since this is an NFTs, we can create levels hierarchy. Uh, into all these things, and which will allow our investors and other users to do certain actions on our platform. So, let's say there's one uh, one tool that we are building, which is NFT staking. Uh, so, in NFT staking, or basically in any staking, uh, when you want to stake a token, there's a pre-derived value of that token. So, let's say if you want to stake ETH and get something in return. So let and ETH is thirty two hundred dollars. So you already know the price because it's trading in the market. But there's no fixed price for NFTs. So there's only floor price, which you can capture from certain platforms. That this is the lowest price it, it's been trading on. And also, other than that, uh, there's some other metrics that allows you to capture the act, not actual but uh, current price of those NFTs. So on NFT staking. Um, when user comes to a platform and says that I want to stake this NFT and I want to gain certain XYZ reward, uh, there'll be an option where it shows their floor price and there'll be another option which will show that I'm not satisfied with my floor price. This NFT is like way higher than what price you're showing. I want a new assessment. So when they click that button, it will go to DAO where all the governance, NFT governance holders, level one users will be able to pseudo bid on that NFT saying that this is, okay, This I'll bid for one Ethereum, I'll bid for 1.5. You'll get the average price, then he'll get a new floor price. And then if he accepts that, that's fine. If not, then he can send it back to the DAO and then the like process goes on. So, <clears throat> so hierarchy will help there. Other would be, uh, fee structure, uh, product development, all those normal things that uh, governance tokens hold. Cool. I like I like it. So it it's going to be... So how do you earn that initial level, though? And then... So um, if I got this right, though, you're going to have each NFT level, and then those are going to be specifically traded on their own. And so there's going to be a market for each of these levels, and depending on how valuable that level is, that's going to fluctuate in price, right? Yes. 
super interesting. So uh, going into the NFT staking part, we are yet to release the information on how you can earn those uh, earn or buy those governance NFTs. But uh, basic will be staking our tokens, uh, doing some actions on our platform, uh, probably uh, track history of certain transactions on our bridge or other tools that will release uh, something in that uh, measure. Pr proof of work on your platform. Yes. <laughs> Very cool. But the, st the staking part, what we're currently seeing is staking they say staking NFTs, but they're not staking NFTs. They're staking tokens, but they're holding an NFT to be eligible to stake. Yeah. Right. So that's that's not NFT staking. So I said I had a chat with the company the other day, quite a big company, and I was like, "We're bringing out NFT staking." He's like, "That's been around for a while." I'm like, "No, they're staking tokens. They hold an NFT in their wallet. That wallet, that NFT gives them access to stake that token to earn the rewards. That's different. I done that with Anarchy X. We sold NFTs." They're allowed to then stake into a certain staking pool to earn higher rewards based on the NFT they had. It's like whitelisting the NFT. That's sort of simple stuff to do when you've got NFTs and wallets. This is not revolutionary, but the NFT staking is actually staking the NFT and earning rewards from that NFT not being in use, not being sold. And the governance will give that floor price of the NFT. If the NFT creator doesn't agree with that floor price, they can have it back. And like Akil said, they can send it off again. And then the governance will come back and say, all right, we've agreed on this. This is what we think it is. And it's, it's up to them to accept it. However, if you look at it, look at it from my point of view, if you have an NFT and it's not being used, even if you're earning 1% a month or 1% a year, you're still earning 1% of something rather than you know 100% of nothing. Do you mean? So it's a, it's a good attribute to have in this industry of everything being NFTs. So that's something yeah. we're bringing out. And um, we've just got to get it out there. It's different. But the NFT staking part, we could we could do that tomorrow. We could launch staking pools, and you have to own a certain NFT, maybe a pudgy penguin or a rock or something. <laughs> and if you do them, the bigger the NFT, you know, the more rewards. We could do that you know, any day, but it's not revolutionary. So the NFT staking part is. But hmm. again, you know, yeah, just but products. They're sort of future tech products, but you know, we've got to get them out there, see what they work. But th those staking rewards, does that come back to them in the Cypher token? Yeah. Uh, okay. They can earn type of tokens yeah. or any partner project that's partnering with us saying that we want to give rewards uh, to your users or uh, any uh, game that wants to reward other users saying that, okay, if they stake their NFT, we'll give them as rewards, so, like a partnership. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I think where this also gets super interesting for you guys yeah. is once you kind of solidify this like NFT staking in the way that you're doing it, but also marrying up the kind of interoperability, right? Cause it's like having, having that ability to do that cross chain, that's where that gets really kind of cool. Cause now you're opening that up to so many yeah. different platforms versus saying like, Hey, I got to mint this NFT in this one place. And now I'm stuck here. It's like, no, no, this thing can now yeah. move. And when you do that, that opens up a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And NFC staking tokens is not the only reward. Uh, you can get NFTs as rewards as well. So let's say if someone wants to want some users to stake a very low level, low, uh, low, lower trades NFT from a collection and say that stake this for 15 days, and then you'll unlock a bigger NFT as a reward. Yeah. So then you can do that as well. So it's not just tokens as rewards, it's NFTs as rewards as well. So, yeah. I, I like okay. that. That's cool. There, there's, there's a project. I'm not going to give them a shout out, but I'll just say it's in the Doge space. And um, they, they uh, issued 10,000 NFTs, and now they have a, a line of puppies coming out. And if you hold an NFT, you earn one of the puppies just by holding it. And I thought that was, you know, it, just to give a face to what you're saying, it's kind of interesting because you start to have sub NFTs that maybe relate to the main one. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. So for here, you're just holding it in your wallet. Uh, the versions that's out right now, you're holding that NFTs in your wallet, which is basically your caps. The projects are capturing data from your wallet and then deciding that if you're eligible to do that or not. Uh, by stating you're actually locking your NFTs, not 
making the transactions, uh, lowering the circulations. So in current cases, we have NFTs which uh, which is just uh, what do you say avatar, and people want to have to have them, and then they collect uh, through the marketplace, uh, OpenSea, and buy and sell. But here, uh, when if you have something valuable, some like governance NFT is what we are trying to build, like in the future. If you have governance governance NFT, if you want a higher level governance NFT, don't want you like we don't want you to trade those NFTs while still making sure that you are, uh, you know, going to earn for uh, higher rewards. I, I, I don't know if I made sense. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it made sense at the end. <laughs> yeah, we're we're deep down the the NFT rabbit hole right now, and the, and changing yeah. business models, which is great because you guys are thinking through uh, like the company of the future, right? You're not, yeah. you know, and it's stuff that John and I are talking about all the time. But it's like you're thinking through what, how do how will be we be successful five years from now in that economy, right? Not the economy of today, which is the economy of yesterday. And so it's 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 fascinating because it's everyone in this space is just screaming towards that while the rest of the world is just getting left behind. And so, um, you know, you guys, you guys actually have created a nice little following too on Twitter. Um, you know, how, how are you guys thinking about marketing today and getting the word out and, um, you know, what's been like, what do you, why do you think the community is gravitating towards you guys? So from, from what I've basically said to the team is, you know, I mean, we can market, market, market as much as possible, but until we have the product ready to use, the bridge for example then we're going to push the marketing from that point and bella our cmo is there and lawrence our cso as well to make sure that we are you know lining up the partnerships for the time when that comes so we'll have continuous partnership announcements because like i said again these games these nft games or play to earn games they can't just stay on one chain and expect people to to come from other chains to on it but if they interoperable and they can go back and forth they've got they've opened up their user base to millions more people um, so marketing is going to ramp up basically from the point of product drop, which should be next week for the bridge being out there. And then we're going to have some quite heavy support from quite a large name within the industry, but we're not ready to announce that yet, but you know, an announcement of an announcement sort of thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so we, we have got the plan ready, but again, I don't believe in pushing a marketing something until the product is dropped. So, yep, absolutely. But yeah, we jump on Lunar Crush and it shows us all our stats and everything. Um, and we see who are supporting us, what companies are supporting us. It's, it's really good. And it does give us an aspect of, you know, who's following us. And if that worked that week, then we can continue down that that road and then continue with these certain influencers. And why are these influencers helping us out and why are they supporting us? So we speak to them then and have a chat with them. Guys, why are you supporting us? What about PokerSafe and the technology we're bringing? that is interesting to you, especially the NFT creators. And then we can build that creative base off that, you know, so that'll help with marketing. So that's what I like about we, Lunar Crush. We, we just added, you, we just added Polka Cypher to Lunar Crush. So it's going to fill up quite a lot in the coming weeks here. Um, yeah. You'll, you'll see your data expand out and you'll probably start to see dozens to hundreds of influencers and all of the social activity over time. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you one of the, one of the coolest things is to start just not just see what's in your Twitter feed right now about Polka Cypher. It's that, when you see that 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 strength over time build, um, and you you see that it's not like any one magic tweet or any one magic campaign or product drop, it's just more of the community building. It, it's yeah, super yeah. exciting. So that's the important that's the important bit. But it's bringing the tools that we're bringing out will work with our multi-chain marketplace, and I think that creators will, you know, while they've got an open sea foundation, rareable, etc. out there right now, I think the multi-chain marketplace that we will allow not only with the standard royalties to be taken elsewhere, but the ability to move those royalties from one chain to another as well. That's not out there right now. So if someone does bridge that NFT from Ethereum to, to, to BSC, that creator will still earn his royalty, whether it's on another chain or not. So without the fear of a crypto punk moving from chain to chain to chain, the originator will still be there, the history will still be there, and they'll show who created it, the history, royalties, et cetera, et cetera, moving forward. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we do have one question out here from Ayush, and not sure if you guys can answer it. But have you guys started onboarding data vendors? Just curious to know from the roadmap. Yeah, Akil, if you want to go on uh, to it. Yep. 
uh, data vendors, uh, he's probably asking for Oracle, uh, which uh, which will come uh, probably by end of this quarter, which will allow enterprises to get their data from off-chain to on-chain. So no, we are not started on morning data vendors, but we are in talks with few of the enterprise companies and uh, as few data vendors, but we have not onboarded anyone. We are trying to understand what kind of data we need to onboard first for our first few clients that we are talking to. And after that, when we are like confirmed that okay, we need this kind of data, we'll start onboarding them. But we do have few lineup of all the data vendors that we need. Cool. And it looks like we just got another one, um, which you guys kind of answered a little bit before, but maybe Piyush wasn't on. But how do you plan to expand Polka Cipher into a metaverse with its products or tools? Yep. It's like the uh, could be like the want, largest question ever, me, too. Like, you want me to answer? How do you right, plan to? <laughs> yeah, without throwing that word metaverse out there, because it's one of them catchy words that everybody's going to jump onto right now. I just say more about compatibility and interoperability within the blockchain ecosystems on DeFi. Um, we're going to do that with the bridges, the NFT staking, and the Oracle network as well, which will be coming out within privacy. So that will allow creators on any chain that's compatible with our bridge to be able to move their assets back and forth whenever they want. Um, so. Yeah, such an important piece to what you guys are building there. It's like that just kind of hitting that home and like the aha moment yeah. that that kind of creates for everyone. Well, cool, guys. We're coming up on the hour here. I'd love to just, you know, is there anything else um, the community can look forward to? And then also, where should people, if they want to support you, follow you, get involved? How do they get involved? Okay, so uh, polkacypher.com is the website. You know, everyone's building the community on Telegram. It's still the main place to go for community building, but we will be opening up the Discord and other channels, WeChat, etc. soon when the creator side comes about. Um, but yeah, follow us on Twitter and um, keep an eye out in the community. Very cool. Well, Tim, Akil, you guys, this was awesome. It was super fun to meet you guys and learn more about you, what bro. you guys are building. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of this stuff in, in play and, and minting some NFTs and moving them cross chain. And, you know, I'm going to have fun with it too. So, you know, congrats on all the success so far and getting out there and being a part of everything. So really appreciate it. Cheers. As soon as the bridge becomes available, we'll send you the, the links and everything to jump on it straight away so you can share it out. But it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of them where people jump on and be like, wow, I can actually move my NFTs anywhere. So hopefully cool. that's the reaction. It's cool. So, cool. But, Awesome, you guys. Perfect. Well, have a good uh, rest of your evening. We'll chat with you backstage. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. This will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, you name it. It'll be everywhere. So thank you for listening. And John, as 